Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, Mick. Hello, I'm Ed. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, we're back at it again, and, you know, we're kind of talking about, you know, certain things. You know, we kind of went through last week, and, you know, we kind of had a little bit of fun with that. So, you know, this week, um, we're going to kind of dive into the world of, uh, you know, 3D scanners. Um, and, you know, we're going to kind of look at, you know, just what they are, you know, the, the different brands that are out there, you know, your, your typical applications and, you know, so, you know, stuff like that. And also, it's kind of the stuff that we're looking forward to because the preference, the, the preference of the, well, I can't speak today. Preference, the, you wow. got it right. You got yeah, it. Preference. They, the, yeah, they yeah, there we go. You got it. You got All it. right, I'll get it eventually. Um, <laughs> Words are hard. I, I, I swear, freaking English. Words um, are hard. This is why we're not uh, <laughs> English majors. Right, right. <laughs> going for a doctorate in technology, not English. Um, but is because... Yeah, check. Yeah. Grammarly. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, and, you know, there, we looked at it, and I decided to pull the trigger... On one of the Revo Point um, uh, Macaros, I think that's how they're saying it now. It's the one with the, the Morocco, Morocco Pros, yeah. um, and we're kind of waiting for that to ship uh, so we can start playing with it. What size is so, so? It's got a it's got a scanner. It's got all the cameras and stuff on mm-hmm. it. But what size is that screen? Is it's like a seven inch or is it is that a little bit, It might be a little bit smaller than that. Seven inch sounds like a pretty big screen for a handheld, but. At the end of the day, most of those cameras, those scanners are pretty large too. Where the cameras are at, at least. It only weighs seven hundred and fifty grams. Okay, I thought. Okay, I mean that's not that bad. No, and you know the thing is, is you know that stuff. A pounder or something, a couple. Pounds right, not even. Not, yeah, not much. But you know, oh, six inch. It's a six inch. Yeah. Okay. I figured. Two K um, uh, screen oh, and it's a, adjustable. That's a good resolution though for the tiny. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. You know, t- it, but. You know, the thing is, and you know, and that's something we want to kind of touch on today is kind of, you know, what, what we did, what we're doing with it and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll turn it over to y'all, see what y'all think. Um, I, so, Revo Point um, has kind of stood out to me be- since we went to Rapid. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I knew about 3D scanning. I think I should, I think we should probably take a step back and, and, and talk about what we mean by 3D scanning. We're not talking about like a fax machine scan. Uh, that's that's for 2D, but we're we're taking and adding an extra dimension to that. So, right. So the hard part about that is is that you're using several cameras to get a bit of depth on your on whatever you're scanning. But the the hardest part about scanning a, an object is is being uniform, or like if you get one angle uh, and then you try to spin it around and get the other side, uh, will those two images or scans match necessarily mm-hmm. so you get some deformation if it's not done right so for me i think that the basics like talking about what a scanner is what a scanner does what what as a 3d printer like consumer prosumer mm-hmm. industrial side like engineering grade like what what do you expect on that yeah. like for me i i i would hope to spend 200 dollars at some point on something that's like not too crazy but Again, you pay for the quality, so you would probably get some pixelated. You'd have to do a lot of editing in CAD, um, which kind of doesn't that defeat the purpose. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you're, you're scanning because you don't want to 
make the CAD file. And the thing is, is most of those you, you see, you know, yeah, you can pay two, three, four hundred dollars. Yeah. For one, especially like Revo Point, for example, um, and um, they're affordable. They're nice. However, you have to, you know, walk around a laptop looking like your daisy chain or something. Yeah. All of the, you know, you got the handheld ones. You know, some of them are like a thousand bucks for these these scanners and stuff like that. But you know, and yes, it gets you know wider area and it's you know lidar and radar and all sorts of crud. Everything has a different feature, right? But you know, being tied to a laptop, the thing is now you're at the cost of the laptop that yeah. you have to deal with high perform, high, high more RAM, more CPU usage. Yeah. Well, the one thing I will say is you're not going to get around needing an extra computer, right? Exactly. Because um, it's just you really want a tail. It was. It's true. It would. Ni- it would be nice to have it wireless or or some type of storage on the mm-hmm. device on an SD card, and I can, you know, take that SD card and yeah. connect it to the to the computer, and I have to worry about it. But, um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like the the basics of three D scanning, the idea, the innovation behind it is is good. I, I think we need we need to continue thinking. And, and growing like the additive manufacturing world with processes like this, mm-hmm. it's like a juxtaposition of, of a few different disciplines, right? So you're 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 thinking about, hey, I want to rapidly prototype and scan these like files or, or whatever objects. How can I get these objects into a digital world mm-hmm. that I'm building or something like that, yeah. um, or print them if, if that's what you want to do, or replace a part if that's what yeah. you want to do. Um, I mean. I picture you have a broken piece or like a bro- let's say you broke a handle off a um, like a cabinet door and you set both pieces in there I scan both pieces and I can put those back together on a CAD reprint that file mm-hmm. and have that back and in, in, in com- completed yeah. it's it can be kind of a way that w- if a parts not manufactured anymore you can get that mm-hmm. back or at least as close as you can without having to model the file now, Anybody with a collector car will understand that one. Yeah, I think that there's a, definitely a line though of where it's like efficiency it goes down mm-hmm. with the quality of the cameras. Like if it doesn't have, right. if you don't have a good camera, you're gonna get a very, um, uh, it's like distorted or like minimalist. It, uh, I don't know if anybody who works with 3D models or like uh, 3D meshes and and modeling or animation polygons. Mm-hmm. With, you talk about how many polygons are on a structure because that's how you can better it's like pixels on a screen if you have more pixels you have more polygons it's more you, you can see better what the object is right. so it's, it's more precise if I have a bunch of polygons why didn't I just make it myself if it's very like minimalist why didn't I just make that myself in, the, in a, in a mm-hmm. CAD blender or Fusion 360 yeah. I don't know me so, and Ed saw one remember the one at, um, uh, up in Greenville that was on mm-hmm. the end of the robot arm mm-hmm Oh, they had a scanner on them? Yeah, it was from Zeiss. Oh, okay. And it was on the Nova robot arm. It was scanning auto parts. So, like that, yeah. I like that because it's a lot more controlled than, than you know, me who doesn't have a steady hand trying to hold this scanner. Drink more coffee. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> coffee just makes, it makes the shake faster, right? Eventually, you all said so. Yeah, right? A little, little bit. No, no. So I, I would say here's here's another way to look at it. Um, for example, uh, and I'll just touch on it and we'll come back around to it. So far as uh, a $200 scanner versus a $1,000 scanner, it depends on what you're talking about. Um, with the uh, advent of uh, AI and mid-journey and stuff like that, mm-hmm. 
there are possibilities to take any image and clean that image up with no yeah. inputting it mm -hmm. to that's fair. inputting to any software that's where we're going mm -hmm. and if that's where we're going then we should be able to take any image clean the image up through some type of filter whether we program it ourselves yeah. with some library from python or some library from whatever software you're going to use c c sharp or if you want to use c plus plus whatever mm -hmm. wh whatever is your flavor mm -hmm. you can write something to post process the image the rest of it, as far as converting it over to whatever you want to, mm -hmm. once again, I can make post-process um, things to work in conjunction with, with the with the scanner. Uh, so we'll come back around to it because this yeah. is just it's just a okay. Hey, how about using it this way? Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, Makes but sense. let's talk about some of the types. So you know, we got laser triangulation, and that's basically where we project millions of dots. Per second to make measurements. Okay. Uh, like just, that. just the. Okay. Then we got structured light scanners. You know, you use white light or mm -hmm. blue light. Um, kind of like a projection with projector with two cameras at angles on either side. Um, then we have like depth sensing cameras. Mm -hmm. um, again, they use field of dots, but with infrared. Okay. And then uh, ph photogrammetry. Um, that's like more precise measurements of, of, of yeah. photographs. And then we got LIDAR. So we talked about LIDAR, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, so there, there are different um, types of mechanism we're using to do this. So uh, I think the cost point will come yeah. down. Yeah, so, so and yeah. that makes sense. A lot of stuff, you know, as, as the chips we make are, you know, uh, smaller, smaller, easier to make, and mm -hmm. whatever the case is, um, it, things, electronics have tended to go, go down in price. But I think that it, it makes a good point. The list, like the list of the cameras that you use, um, I'm, I'm thinking about the the quality of of that camera. But I don't think that uh, you can stop it just the quality of the camera because I think yeah, I mean mm -hmm. all our phones are getting better with cameras as well. Yeah. So there's bound there's bound to be an app. There is an app. If you have an Apple, I know there's Android apps as well, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure of the names. But for Apple, there's Polycam. It works really well, and mm -hmm. it's kind of it's kind of it, it hinges on the lidar of the newest iPhone. So mm -hmm. it, it's using that higher level of um, you know uh, scanning or ability to, to mm -hmm. the lo low light detection is really what it is. Right. Um, but it makes me think, and it raises a lot of questions for me. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have thought about these things either. But so. Um, scanning anything, if you're using white light or if you're using a tri like dots, uh, we're we're talking light waves or lasers, right? Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. you think about wavelengths, like when you think about color spectrum that comes from from waves, yeah. black is technically what's absorbing those wavelengths. So like, mm -hmm. if this camera is trying to bounce off of the object and get and kind of take a picture or take a a reading of what the the object is I think that any object that's a dark object or like or, or honestly like a, a closer to like a true black or some a high contrast you mm -hmm. you're gonna lose some of that yeah, the absorption like so, except you mentioned it earlier infrared that's kind of one of the ways that might be a little bit easier you, you have a different wavelength but if we're talking the visible light spectrum mm -hmm. I honest this is this is I mean I haven't proven anything because I haven't used any scanners but I strongly believe 
that the difficulties we have with lower like prob uh, lower quality scanners is directly proportional to how it deals with some of that mm -hmm. light waves. That makes sense. Um, and I mean, it's the depth that it's trying to get, so that makes sense. But yeah, I I, I have a iPhone 13, mm -hmm. and it it can't do anything like what we're what we they would be doing with the iPhone 14. Yeah. So mm -hmm. for me, I think. It makes sense. They're trying to they're trying to be the Swiss Army knife, like the tool or the phone. That's your you know your Walkman, your your uh, your phone, your yeah. your ca calculator. They're they're just absorbing. It's just it's it's become your computer, your personal right. computer. You're looking up things on the websites. Uh, but I'm thinking it's now it's pulling in more uh, usability because people are already using them for photography. Right. Um, they're using them to shoot videos and mm -hmm. things like that. So yeah, I, I like the sense. idea, honestly, but. You know, I'm, I'm a, I guess I could say I'm a purist. <laughs> I, I like to have a, you know, a, a dedicated device for, for most things because I do better with a dedicated device because yeah. dedicated devices are designed for that only. Yeah. You know, like I was looking at the one I ordered, the uh, Morocco. The, the technology on board that thing is the quad camera infrared structured light. So it's quad yeah. camera yeah. and it's infrared. This, I thought it had LiDAR as well. I might have some version of there. It's got in like there. four cameras, doesn't it? Yeah, it's four it's uh, auxiliary lighting is infrared fill lights and flash LEDs. Okay. So it's the 3D light source is a class one infrared light. Okay. Um, and, you know, th this has kind of led me down. This is when you start playing the hypothesis game. You start really seeing exactly what type of, you know, weird Al Yankovich thing you're heading. Yeah. Is the fact of does, does outside light cause any issue on the scanning technology? That's point. kind of what I've been kind of wondering. And, you know, the thing is, is that leads you to, you know, your, your impact zones, kind of, you know, how they're being used. Because it, then it really depends on what type of lighting that you're, you, that you're scanning in. So if you're scanning in a blue light, you could have problems. You're scanning in a red light, which most, like, combat zone nighttime lighting is all in red, mm -hmm. you know, to preserve your, your, preserve your night vision. Mm -hmm. But some people, keep, like, if, if you have to keep it in that and stuff like that or, or whatnot, and so it doesn't deteriorate it. Like, you have bright light, and you have no light, and you have all the other fun stuff. No light's probably gonna be the fun one. Um, wow, I, I mean, it all makes sense to me. I th I think it also is so the quality of the, the camera, the quality of um, the program should be considered mm -hmm. as well. Right. So in a lot of these cases, like we've talked about everything. Oh, actually, before I get into the programming side, I think I wanted to agree, I wanted to agree with what you're saying as far as the outside lighting, mm -hmm. because that made me think that. Okay, how do how can I tell my camera I'm scanning this object in like two inches from the the screen, or am I scanning the entire area that I'm pointed at? Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing I I did look up a couple of reviews of Polycam because I was just curious because I might be in line for an upgrade on a phone and I was like mm, you know might as well, <laughs> but but. Uh, Dang, just a little bit of uh, this is a rabbit hole we, we kind of roll into yeah. we're looking on the internet we got cool, cool it's, it's it's cool stuff to be honest with yeah. you and if it could be a part of my every my my i need a phone anyways if i could tap that in with it i might save a little bit of money instead of buying a, yeah. a different scanner so that's kind of the mindset you see 3d scanner yeah which which yeah it, it, <laughs> but, but the problem with polycam when i looked up the reviews was it was picking up Everything in the in, oh, so you're going to deselect everything. So you you had to go back, and there was some some cleaning you had to do. You had to remove background objects. You it would still be kind of like a little spiky. But with what Ed's saying, I don't think there's anything right now that I can say. Maybe maybe Dali, which is Chat GPT or OpenAI mm -hmm. based, I could put in a picture and say, hey, clean this resolution, or put in a file and say, hey, I need you to clean this resolution. Mm -hmm. 
but so I in think particular, Mid Journey is the standard. Oh, for that for, for images at at the moment. But I, but isn't it? I so like, my, it's my understanding. Mid Journey is only uh, word processing. You can't put an image in and say yeah, mean it. Document processing. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think. But I think you can. Uh, but it's upscaling. Well, I've used before. It's like it's pretty amazing. Mm. I may I may be wrong, but, but there's but there's mid journey mid journey is is no no I, I may be wrong or maybe thinking opposite, but even with that, say I can tell mid journey, hey, I need this kind of object, and then whatever the object is, I describe that object. Now yeah. I can take that image yeah. and compare it to my image, and I can take that image and use it. So with, like instead mm -hmm. of scanning, yeah. you have I mean the prompting to yeah. me, I've seen someone prompt in and this is a definitely a sidebar. <laughs> I've seen someone yeah. prompt, and I have a friend who uses Midjourney pretty religiously, yeah. and and I've seen kind of what you can create with just a basic sentence, and and let the AI kind of just roam free to yeah. kind of ex like predict what you're trying yeah. to make. Express itself. Or if you write a full paragraph, or you prompt yeah. it that way, and how <clears throat> precise it yeah. could be, even to like the the littlest minute detail of having a freckle here, freckle there, mm -hmm. like it's it's something I've seen uh, very detailed, and I enjoy it too because. We we did we did a lot of thought experiments with it. We tried to get it to like write words and like actually form like sentences and things mm -hmm. like that. We even tried to put like like word art, like breaking word news, like for, you know how it, uh, in movies like a yeah. newspaper would pop up and say breaking news or whatever, or like a, a news show. Yeah. We wanted something like on the paper that popped up and it just said, "Hey, this is a big deal" or something. It, anything in English on there. Never once did it have a single letter that made any sense it was a bunch of squiggly lines it looked like web dings so it, it does look like <laughs> you can once. import images into mid-journey okay yeah that, that's something so i they started asking for money it was free for a little bit yeah. and I that's why i kind of stopped because you can I add it to discord mm -hmm. using the button in the message blah 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 but yeah okay. it's, it's a way to do but it that's another okay. thing it's like you know it's only attached to discord though that's what's kind of you know kind of driving me nuts it is a little bit limited i'm just saying but if you if you doing this as hey um making my own action figures yeah. you sculpted the action figure but you want yeah. to change something on this action figure that you sculpt yeah. yeah. so i want to re-sculpt what i've sculpted i can take pictures the way i've seen it be monetized at the moment with the cameras and of course they're using uh probably one of some thousand to mm -hmm. ten thousand dollars yeah um so one of the higher end was uh, what what they're doing is is they a take and like make a sculpt from that sculpt they'll mm -hmm. then use that to take a picture of the sculpt and then that creates a file so that they don't have to have a like person background or something yeah, they don't like have that. to have a person yeah. to actually digitally sculpt the item mm -hmm. so they physically sculpt it but now you want to capture it right that's the way i've seen it or okay. they try to reverse engineer a product and okay. they need a stl file mm -hmm. of the shell so they're not trying to recreate the Electronics, they're trying to recreate the outer shell. Yeah. That's when you start getting to like yeah. the, the Canon R and stuff yeah. like that for better cameras. But like I'll say this about the cameras most cameras can correct for even things with taking dark photos. Mm -hmm. Infrared is better, yeah. but there are things you can do. You can do lighting and so forth. Yeah. Because you're not doing this like, hey, I'm going out to 3D print this person and capture it like I'm a professional photographer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have a specific use for this tool. Yeah. It's, it's almost like buying a, uh, a reader back before they added mm -hmm. the diagnostic port to your car mm -hmm. yeah. to read the, the codes yeah. from the car. 
It's, It'll so, be a two-rooter. Yeah. So, okay, I, I, I kind of back, backstepped, but I did want to kind of get into software, though. Because mm-hmm. I think that no matter – we've talked about the specs and the limitations or – um, the like the innovations of the technology, like the camera systems mm-hmm. and things like that, scanning. Talked about it, even how physically things are affected by you know light waves because this is we're yeah, using yeah. light waves. Like you have to you mm-hmm. have to think about that. But um, I think most of our uh, most of our issues that are probably going to be seen is with how like I, there's no doubt there's no doubt in my mind that the scanner the cameras are scanning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no doubt. The quality of that could be dependent on, yeah. the, on the device, but it's really most importantly how your application, mm-hmm. which is most of the time proprietary to the brand, mm-hmm. interprets that picture or takes those scans. Yeah, what, so, uh, what yeah. algorithm they're using. Because if they, you, you can have the best scan, mm-hmm. but if the application is uh, absolute garbage, mm-hmm. then you're not... It, you're not getting anything the, out. Some of the higher end ones already converts it to an SD file. That's mm-hmm. what the, the one camera. Yeah, yeah the one exactly. that I'm looking at. So you don't. There is no. So, so that's part of why yeah. I, I bring yeah. up the, the software. Like the new that. Revo point that I picked up. I don't know if you remember the one that we played with and the, uh, the handheld scanner yeah. that we played with. It's pretty much that, just in a smaller form. It mm-hmm. does all the STL conversion. Um, which the good thing about that, if you're if you're looking at it at the top of the screen, it has a status bar mm-hmm. that tells you how good your scan is. And it tells you kind of you know what your pixel level is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as long as you stay inside of that you know the the you know good, better, best, you know. It'll tell you it hates. It's right. You're, you're there. It'll, 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 it'll say go back and try again. <laughs> oh, okay. it'll, it'll tell you where you missed. And the thing is, is the good thing is on like the ones that have a camera a screen built into them, especially like the all-in-one stuff. Yeah. Is it you can actually see the cloud. As okay. you're scanning, you can see the, the drawing kind of kind pop of the, up. What is it? The render distance. Yeah, the like, render distance like and that. stuff like that. You can actually see the image pop up. Okay. So you're you, so you're getting the the sense clouds popping up. So yeah. it's telling you kind of where you're at and stuff. that. I think it's called sense clouds. Um, but it's pretty cool. You know, so you can actually kind of see everything kind of taking shape. Yeah. You know, as you're making these the connections across the object. You know, and the funny part is we think about it. You know, 3D scanning, as far as, you know, I kind of, you know, touched a little bit on it earlier, is you get these guys, you know, who, you know, work, who walk through, you know, collector cars. The guys are still restoring Model Ts. Yeah. They're still re- remodeling, you know, you know, redoing Model As. There's still some on the road that are in pristine condition. Yeah. However, last time I checked, I can't go to the AutoZone and go pick up a part for a Model A. No, you're not going to. You know, or a Model T or a Hot Rod. You know, sometimes if something breaks, you can scan it and rebuild it and just do it out of, you know, a 3D print before you send off, like, like uh, geometry or something like that and have them rip it out of freaking steel or, or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have a CNC machine of your own. Right. Um, you know, you can also do, you know, um, R&D parts. You know, scan the entire vehicle, print the entire vehicle out on a resin printer and be able to adjust, you know, stuff that you want so you can actually see it and, you know, you know, like one eighth scale. Yeah, I think. I mean, we've seen we've seen examples of where they're like, "Hey, we need to. We have a problem with weight, or we have a problem with aerodynamics. We need to. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we? How can we best des- design this? And then make four or five designs and run them through air testing. Like, yep. so, so you you test everything. I mean, we've we've even seen we've even seen STLs loaded into other programs like SolidWorks, and and they run a efficiency test on mm-hmm. if this was like a pipe for airflow or whatever you said you, or, or if you're if you're it's like you have a bunch of energy at the top that's getting pushed by the fan 
but it's you're losing all your energy before you get to the exit mm -hmm. things like that uh, I mean at the end of the day the software I don't want to say the software is a limitation because the to me the har hardware is one of the biggest limitations because yeah. if you don't have a way to sense what the object then you're you're out anyways you're gonna mm -hmm. design it and it's all waste anyways but if you have good software or if you have good like AI or or some type of like image generation I mean right now we're, what is it open AI is doing um, videos like 3d 3d yep. videos where they're saying hey you can you can input a video and say hey make it this or you can even prompt it like you do um, mid journey and yep. say get a, what was it a, a video of the mammoth that I saw yeah. picture AI does that too it will totally take an entire script yeah. and do a, a voiceover video so there's no doubt there's no doubt that the innovation is coming yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is I think some of it also goes to the price point. You yeah. know, you got guys who are, you know, spending, you know, upwards, you know, they're, they're like, you know, four, like we said, four or five hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks yeah. through some of these companies up to, you know, nine hundred dollars to I think it was what, fourteen eighty five. It I gets spent. expensive. A yeah. thousand to ten thousand is considered. Yeah. Then you have your, your, your ten thousand plus machines. And then you have some of the ones that are going into ferro arms are what a hundred grand, you know, roughly about a hundred grand if if you want the one that's on the end of a ferro arm, yeah. and that's pretty much your your top of the line. But the thing is, you got to run a, a darn server for it that actually just yeah. process anything. No, actually, we use them at the at the plant and they use it on a PC. Yeah, but it's the size of a server. No. We spec them out. We don't. No. We no. actually use them in the gunshot with a regular PC on a laptop. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh wow. I know we do have some server ones back well, there. I mean, but you so. One, one, is, the, the, one is doing guns, the other people are doing tooling. Yeah. So you're talking two different applications. Right. Tooling the, is what you're talking right. about. You have to have either the PC that's the equivalent mm -hmm. to a server or, or a laptop that's equivalent to a server, yeah. or you have to have a server. Right. But if I'm measuring a gun, a gun is totally different from what mm -hmm. I'm measuring, you know, measuring what's closing on the gun. Yeah. And, you know, you okay. got the guys from, like, for example, SEMA Garage in Detroit and also out in California, you know, they have uh, 3D scanning and 3D printing um, of, you know, sectors inside the SEMA garage that's open to members and stuff like that. And they do everything with a Faro. Mm. All their scanning is done with Faro arm. Or, um, uh, so, like, you know, they catalog all these vehicles and they scan them and stuff like that and throw them into the, CN, into the, the CAD files for members to, you know, to, to play with. That'd be cool. But they use an entire Faro arm. That'd be a fun job. <laughs> and this, so this is not new technology. It's been around since 1960. Oh yeah, it's just much cheaper now. <laughs> no, well it is cheaper, but the new what's new is portable. Oh okay. The portable is the only new part. Mm. Okay. Well, not excuse me. The portable is the part that intriguing to people that's in the in the 3D printing industry. Mm -hmm. The advances in the cameras, you know how precise mm -hmm. we can get with lenses or not have lenses. Yeah. You know, how precise we are with uh, control, microcontrollers or chips. The chips are a lot, you know, more uh, advanced now. So yes, that has advanced, but the technology is from around the 60s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I figure as much. Laser, we, we, laser. Yeah, yeah I mean, no. la lasers, man, we, we, what was it? Uh, the double slit experiments where mm -hmm. they started even like first thinking about mm -hmm. like, even lasers and how they how they act as as particles as and also as waves. So I mean, light in and of itself, we could talk about probably 
like nonstop. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's the speed of the universe, the upper limit of the universe, mm-hmm. as fast as it goes. So for me, I, I mean, light's already fascinating. So I, using this to be able to make a, a structure and then put it put it to use in the additive manufacturing world. That's fascinating to me. I, I don't know. I, I would want to keep scanning everything in my house. <laughs> so, it, 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 just don't scan the cat. Well, you could scan the cat. I'm going to scan, um, if it I'm was, gonna scan if the cat. the cat stays still. Oh, his cat's will. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, hey, maybe you can scan parts and figure out why the boron doesn't work. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. I know why it doesn't work. But, you know, the thing is, is I, you know, like you said, I, I think that the, you know, the three scanners attached to the atom manufacturing world is a game changer a, th- a three and you know we use that term very very lightly you know a 3d a 3d scanner attached to a robot arm you know that is you know next generation cool you know you got these guys who are you know you spend all day long scanning parts by hand you know put a damn thing on the end of a kook arm let it rip and it. remember he said one of the application they were using for was chips yeah it was used as a quality gate yep the scanner itself? Yes, yeah. because okay. once you scan the part in, now you have that data. Now you know and when each compete. part come by, when we talking yeah. CNC, oh, like okay. pulling out a, a machine, okay. you can set up, because you can do it with cameras or you can do it yeah. with a handheld. And okay. these cameras could be positioned in certain such a way to scan the part, and that was your quality control. Yeah. Okay. And they compare it to a known good image. Okay. So you take a known good image, and you that put it, sense, in, and it, it picks it up, checks it, puts it back. Picks it out, checks it, puts it back. And it's like 30 seconds. But yeah. then you have the ones that will take it and set it inside of a, you know, inside of a fixture and they'll spin a robot arm around mm-hmm. it. Like a, like a mini kook arm. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the model number, but... Um, um, you mean, you can either spin yeah. the part, and for me, it's probably easier to, to rotate the part right. and just have a robot adjust. Yeah, and that's, I think that's what they were yeah. doing. They were doing the, the, the spin with a robot and as far as they can and then moved it. Mm-hmm. But, and the thing is, and that's all from Zeiss. You think about, you know, Zeiss's scanners start, I think they started low. They were like five grand, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying low, but that's for a Zeiss scanner, that's pretty low. We're, we're in the, it's in, that's industrial. Like that, right. We're, we're not talking like But consumers. if you're an yeah. automotive company, yeah, and you have a measurement shop, that's mm-hmm. another tool well, you can use inside your measurement shop. Think, think about this. It's you, true. You know, and, and the one thing is, um, uh, <laughs> is, you know, you got these guys doing paint and body and dent repair and stuff like that. Yeah. I can t- I can take a 3D scanner and run down the side of a vehicle and I can show you all your dents because it's going to pop in the image. As soon as you throw that thing up into a 3D image, yeah. you can see where those dents are. Well, that's what you may, they may be invisible to your human eye at the moment. That's that's why we have a light tunnel. That's why yeah. light tunnels are used whenever people are doing dent repair and like mm-hmm. paint repair because if you put that light there, you start to see how it gets bent over the, yeah, that uh, dent, and if you could see, that's that's the only way that I would see any dents in something. Now there are light tunnels per se out there because we kind of looked at a few of them, and a couple places already have them that we know of. Um, and when a vehicle runs through, it's a set of cameras that wraps around the entire vehicle, and it scans oh, wow. the vehicle as it runs through with no human interaction. It scans all the way through yep. and immediately starts alerting the operator that hey, guess what, you got a dent here. Because a light reflected in a certain area, you know, it didn't like it, or and it shows you a scan up on the up on the window, up on the, on the TV. It says, "Okay, cool, you're good," or "Hey, there's a spot here, spot here, and spot here." It automatically does auto dent connection. And you um, can you can thank uh, Hollywood for right that that technology. But and yeah. the thing is, is it, you know, this is kind of that's what they do on some of the mm-hmm. things when they're trying to get certain shots. And it, you know, it kind of gets kind of weird mm-hmm. when you start talking about the fact that you can actually do it with a with a Raspberry Pi. 
Um, you can hook up a, a Raspberry Pi 5 or 4 for that matter with a bunch of cameras wrapped around a vehicle, right? And then you can use AI, you can use image processing. So as the vehicle is running through, it's looking. Mm -hmm. And then you have that compared to a known um, uh, dent system that tells you kind of what a dent kind of looks like and it'll mm -hmm. alert you to a certain location. Yeah. And then you write the program, which I've kind of seen a program written on it, where it'll show, where there's a picture of a van, or where there's a picture of a vehicle, and it shows you where the dents are at. Yeah. And they're saying that if you train the model correctly, it's got about a ninety percent chance of being accurate. Mm. And that's off of a El Cheapo Raspberry Pi and a Raspberry Pi camera, or multiple Raspberry Pi cameras. I'm gonna be honest with you, the Raspberry Pi cameras a little bit low quality. It's yeah. got like it's only like twelve right. megapixels. <laughs> but the thing is, is anything's possible now. If you start adding three D scanning to that, yeah, yeah. now you can even tell if a bolt's loose. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's one of the things too. I think we've talked about before is is like validation and quality quality checks. Like mm -hmm. it, we're we're thinking about the scan. We started this thinking about scanning is is the that is the the starting process, the most important piece because then the printing is only secondary. We're already mm -hmm. established. We can do printing. We're talking about adding the scanning to that. But like if you can continue that entire process together and then and then not only at the end, finish a product, a pro uh, product, and have it "quote unquote" as perfect as you can get it. Mm -hmm. uh, you're checking for the quality defects at the end of it too. So if you're able to get any of those artifacts or any of those dents or any of those scratches, honestly, we would prefer them not to happen, but it, they no, happen. Things happen. It's yeah, it's life. Things happen. Uh, so how do we deal with those things? And from that point on, we probably could have something that's automated that repairs those dents right now mm -hmm. probably not too right. too custom um but we have reworkers for those things now so mm -hmm. i mean you can even take that into the we were, we were talking about the boltings and things like that like what about um like airplanes and aeronautics like they even have to go through vibration testing too yep. so like why can't why can't while you're vibration testing you're scanning too so you can check to see if there's any any distortion in the wing shape or anything unexpected. So there's a whole bunch of things that you could use, but scanning needs to be needs to be implemented. I want to say more often. That's quality check. Yeah. I mean, we use we we scan a lot of stuff, but like whenever I'm asked about pe what people are scanning, they're scanning barcodes to get information. They're scanning yeah. they're scanning a QR code to get the menu at a, at a bar or something like mm -hmm. that. Uh, so. If we're scanning 3D objects, we're able to put them in, the, in any type of world. We're making digital worlds already. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, think about game developers. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm like, I want to put my house in this game. I mean, you need a, you need an expensive scanner. But, like, yeah. you can still scan. You can probably do piecemeal and scan part by part and get the rest of the house in there. So, right. I I think that I mean, it's going to be used everywhere. Yeah. Parts, parts the house, like, <clears throat> I think that could be done with a regular camera. Oh, yeah. And the reason I say it can be done with a regular camera is because you can just do a, a raw picture raw. Right. That's generally... It's a bigger object at this point, too. Now, but that's good that you said that. That's one. That's the old way to do it. Now, the uh, um, housing industry is using that scanner technology to oh, come yeah? in and scan the rooms. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they build these models that they can use online. So people can see them online, actually yeah. walk into it. Uh, one thing I would want to point out that if you can get it most of the better cameras have a range accuracy wise of 0.1 millimeter or better mm, okay. that's considered a professional application of the so point, uh, like, 0.1 millimeter 
Okay. Uh, and that's uh, the structured light scanners. Okay. Um, but I I think the the point of us, you know, having the conversation about the laser scanner was from a point. Okay, hey, I want to build an action figure. Mm -hmm. So how do I build this action figure? I don't have a model. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not a guy that's you know, a 3D modeler or a CAD CAM guy, but I have this action figure. I want to scan this action figure to see how it's made. Mm -hmm. Now I can take this action figure and scan it and put it in a, a model and pull it apart. Oh, okay, this is how mm -hmm. this connects. And then you can go from there. Okay, now I can build mine because I want to use this type of connection for this type of uh, action figure. What I'm seeing is it's, it's being used a lot and people that are making statues or like making replicas of statues from like uh, small statues, they're they're scaling them up to a larger size. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, or people are making um, their own bobbleheads. They're making their own like um, tabletop. They could scan a whole thing of say uh, miniatures and then they can you know change them around easier. So. I'm seeing that kind of application. It's a little expensive to do that. Um, I would say the professionals are using it the way you said, mm -hmm. using it for some kind of quality control, or they're using it to re-engineer uh, uh, re something. Hey, this this is not being created anymore. I need a model of this to get it mm -hmm. into a program so that I can, you know, uh, either remake it, or hey, this this is a good product. I need it, but I need it to fit. The object I'm trying to put on, put it on, so I have to change it, but I want it to be structurally different. Right. Structurally alive, yeah. Yeah, I want it to be stronger. Any yeah. way to make it stronger, I have to do a right. different material or a different shape, mm -hmm. but I need for it to fit on this this object. The the, the, the rapid prototyping and you know the, the speed of delivery that you started dealing with when you started dealing with you know 3D scanning and 3D printing and you Just know the sheer everything day, yeah. you know thrown into one is is, is kind of where you hit that. You know the specialty market you know and the thing is and that's where it's kind of like you know you have manufacturers out there that need to capitalize on stuff right. you know where you have you know 3d scanning you take and take it in 3d scan and send it over to a 3d printer and go from there because and the thing is and that's where you kind of laugh because you got some of these guys out there who are you know building you know and i you know, I'm, you know since i like cars i bring it up from for them at their at their you know standpoint is the fact that you got guys who are making custom hot rods who are utilizing 3D scanning and 3D printing faster, better, and more efficiently than the guys who are, you know, building full-blown cars, you know, as far as, you know, manufacturers. I watched somebody, they built, what was it, I think it was a four-rotor or an eight-rotor, freaking um, um, RX motor the other day, mm. and because he wanted to see how things worked, he scanned the top of the motor to get the, the port sizes and, the, and, the, and then built an intake in CAD and 3D printed the darn thing to make sure it fit, mm -hmm. make sure everything was right, and then sent it over to a CNC machine and took these 12-pound blocks of aluminum down to a two and a half pounds, you know, mm -hmm. and all was just 3D scanning and 3D printing and, you know, taking all that and sending it back to, you mm -hmm. know, a CNC machine to complete the complete process. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You're using that advanced interactive to get to the end goal. I, I think we were we were... It's, it's probably been months by this point, but we saw an article as well. I can't remember what branch. I think it was the Army that was using this. But 
Um, it could have been the Air Force because they were flying. Like, oh, that uh, was the Marine Corps that was doing the that was doing the um uh the splints. It was the Navy and the, the no, no, no. There's, so there was a part. There was a plane, like a like a million, couple million dollar plane mm-hmm. that's gonna get decommissioned because this part. Oh, that was the Air Force. Yeah, the Air Force was that. So he, there was a part that no one manufactures. The tooling is not there anymore. No one creates it. No company is going to support this. So he took it and. I don't think he did a scan, but he reverse engineered it yeah. somehow with 3D printing rapid prototyping. But how much easier would his life would have been if he just was able to take that part, scan it off of one that's working, and then come back over and, and print that piece? You're done. You don't need to. You don't need to mass produce 20, 40, 30 of these things. Yeah. You can. You have one working. All right, let's copy off the one it, working. It was off the B52. The yeah. B52 was what, um, yeah. what did it. And the thing is, is. Um, you know, as the FAA approves more and more and more uses of, of 3D printing, which they have not yet. I think um, they will, though. Like, they're they're, they're getting around to it. They're working yeah. on it. Um, I know it's on the docket for this year for them to look at. Um, you're going to see more and more 3D scanning come up. Think about what NASA's doing. Because you got you got the guys who are building structural parts. Yeah. You know, they need to scan that structural part them out and freaking go from there. Especially you guys got a building like aileron uh, joints and stuff like that that need to scan parts from, their, from like a decommissioned aircraft. Yeah. To you know, the create them or the guys who are building kit planes. Mm-hmm. And the guys building kit planes, you know, they're dumping all this money into kit planes, and they could turn. Then, and, and you know, when they build them out finally, you know, after you know, fifteen or so years on them, you know, then they can easily go back and you know, reverse engineer what they need yeah. based off you know, known good points. Yeah, and I can see some of it based on we don't know. Uh, we may not have enough data right now to know what the stresses are on say yeah um something that's 3d printed and some application as composed to as opposed to something that's been subtracted you know yeah. machine yeah i think you I know mean, so it's probably there yeah you know as as the metal yeah. side of additive grows you know i think that's where that, that Haas cnc machine yeah. With weld IO kind of yeah. you know steps in and kind of bridges that gap. It's gonna be a mixture. The they two. gotta have more data. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a mixture of the two. Yeah. Like honestly, these things are probably gonna form or like connect into some point and be mm-hmm. one machine because like at, at a certain point, subtractive additive it depends on the situation that you're in and mm-hmm. and if you have the materials on site, you can always do additive. Right. If you but the problem the the problem with additive is if you add too much, then you're stuck. So. Then comes subtractive. Unless we're using metal and it's machinable. That's true. That's that's, true. that's why I said metal is the key. Yeah. They they once they figure that out, get it to where it's a process that can be repeated. Yeah. There's no special things you have to do. Mm-hmm. I can use all type of materials, inconel, copper. Like right mm-hmm. now, copper is something they're working on mm-hmm. because of you know welding and copper. You yeah. Know, um, because of the reflective yeah. nature of it, but right. but uh, uh, when we're talking lasers, yeah, we're we're talking lasers when right. we're saying this. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. So yeah, <laughs> so somebody said, "What do you mean we're we're speaking about lasers?" Yeah, uh, but I'm saying once they can work out the metal part, it it's no problem. Yeah, if you think about it, There's like your durability, right there. Like Daniel Defense, for example, down in Savannah, um, you know, firearms manufacturer, they have taken you know the 3D printing thing by storm there for a while because they're making 3D printed ink and suppressors mm. that was mass marketed um, yeah. and they're highly reliable 
You know, they're more reliable than some of the other ones that were out there. I think that would be most people's worries is um, reliability and consistency. And the thing is, is they're full auto rated. Yeah. They actually hook them up on the end of a machine gun and test them that way just to make sure that, hey, guess what, we're not lying here. Because um, it's Inconel. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is they even, st- they even said in one of the interviews they did, they took, you know, 3D scanning of a suppressor they've already made and said, okay, well, how do we make this thing better? You know, we know the weight, we know what it is, we know the, you know, and that's how they also used it to compare against, you know, what they were printing because they were talking about how, um, you know, and the thing is a lot of other people talk about the same thing, that you can get tables, you know, with screens on them and put them on there. It's the same exact size which you can do. So as soon as you print it, you sit down on top of the table. Mm-hmm. And it's 3D printed. It's 3D yeah. scanned. Yeah. You know? And a lot of them use the tables, either uh, single axis or multi-axis. Yeah. As far as manipulating right. the part. If we're talking just scanning. Right. And if you think about it, you know, we all talk about, you know, hey, you know, we're eventually going to get to um, the world of, you know, MCU. You know, where everybody wants to be an Iron Man. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, thinks they can be Iron Man. Um, you know, that's going to be a fun world. Um, but, you know, you have scanners there that are available that people can easily scan with their building, print it, and compare it to the scan and say, okay, cool, I can rapid prototype this, you know, to grow their businesses faster. Yeah. I mean, but when you go through a scanner in the, in the airport, same concept. Yeah. I, I can... Remember we just talking to people, talking mm-hmm. about taking a scan of you so you could be, oh, yeah. you could get. Yeah, we're still waiting on that. Yeah, Thanks for your The concept, yeah, the, the, the proof <laughs> of concept is there. Yeah. There's a device you already go stand in, you sur- you stay in a position and it scans. Yeah, there was yeah. one yeah. in Vegas or something like that. Where they, no, I mean like the, every airport yeah. no, no, that I you know. go through. Yeah. But yeah, take and put this technology. But here's here's the thing that I would, I'm, I'm going to go one step further. X-ray 3Ds. 3D scan. You see through the object? I, maybe I need to see what's inside of this object. Yeah, CT scan. That's <laughs> yeah, a CT scanner, but, but yeah. yeah, but I'm saying, <laughs> but, but no, but maybe actually, you you say that Adam Savage actually used an application where it did that, and it showed the inside of this object. I think and I they, think there's they, a big machine that we were looking yes, at too. Yeah, I, I yes. think I watched that video. This is this is a function now that people are using mm-hmm. to understand what's happening inside something without cutting it open. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen that. That was the yeah. thing. You know, because like right now, currently how we investigate stuff is we cut it, we cut it open, we break it apart, see what the inside does, yeah. and so next time we know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. But that sacrifices the first, you know, example. Yeah. So yeah, it's a problem. I mean, a, a CT scan, it's it's it's. A very, it's kind of a scary machine once you like take off the cover and see what's actually happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, but at the end of the day, it's that's it's using the same idea of like the scanner is shooting you like uh, uh, X rays. It's a different wavelength mm-hmm. instead of a, a visible wavelength, and it's getting through and terminating right. in, in a certain place to see inside you. Right. That right there. And I mean, it's for objects, yeah. not humans. Yeah. Because we don't you know, have to do it for humans because we've already mutilated humans yeah. <laughs> hundreds of years ago, and we know what the inside of humans look and, like. You know, we got like, the whole gene and there is stuff. a machine for that yeah. already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they got what now? They can do like the, <laughs> well, the where where wives can go see the uh, the three D baby whenever they want to see it coming. Uh, um, sonic, yeah, the, yeah. the sonograms. Oh, wow. yeah. Sonograms, three D sonograms. Now they can even tell bone density. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, you know, next thing you know, people are going to be now 3D printing their... Uh, their, their, their <laughs> like, their, this was hey, you before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Hey, that's, that's the thing. 
But I'm not sure how far back they want to go on that one. But you know, it, it, can, it can get kind of interesting. But for me, this is where I find it like, hey, this would be cool to do this. Okay, I have an image of this um, apparatus that was built back in the 20s. I want to build a replica of that. Well, mm-hmm. I only have this photo, you know, but there is one in the museum. Mm-hmm. You, you reach out to the museum and say, hey, I want to do a scan of this so I can make a replica of this. And then you can build that replica. Yep. I mean, that's that. That's where you start to to see yeah. applications. Or hey, I have, like you said, this this rocket or this this. Yeah. Uh, it's archival investigation. Yeah. You know, and because the thing is, if you think about it, and I know we're kind of running long on timer. Um, if you think about it, if you're scanning something and you stay that STL, you're preserving history. Yeah. You know, you're preserving history at that time, especially if it's three in dimensions of in the third dimension right but and the thing is is so it's kind of so it's kind of like 3d archiving you know it's a it's digital archiving in a a, a different fashion and you know for me you know that's amazing you know you talk about you go to some of these some of these museums who have so much stuff in the archives the back side of the archives that's just sitting there you know, solely but sure, and you know, archival boxes and stuff like that. And it's and it's the is degrading right over the years. So you and, you're eventually going to lose that specimen. Right. It's like you know the Smithsonian. Yeah. They do a really good job, I think, of scanning some things, but not everything. Yeah. And you know, you're talking about you have pieces, you know, inside their collections that are just absolutely priceless. You know, you have you know, things that are, you know, and through, like, some of the other, you know, museums, just absolutely, you, you can't never reproduce that again. You know, um, the Mercedes-Benz Museum, for example, and um, uh, Stuttgart, they have the first ever automobile, mm-hmm. you know, that was done by Carl Benz. And the thing is, eventually, that thing's going to start falling apart. You know, I know they take care of it. I know they, 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 they you know, take care of it really well. If you start scanning that into a process, now you have that as an archive. So if something ever does happen to it, you can show kids, hey, this is what it was. It may not be in color, you know, unless you have a full-blown, you know, full-color, um, like, RGB 3D scanner, which most of them now, if you have the handheld ones, are RGB and are, are, are color scanners. Mm-hmm. And so you have all of this that you can put up on boards so people can look at, spin around, and touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other way to look at it is we, I can take those 3D images, I can put them into... You know, some software where I can, like, it's archived. Mm-hmm. Now I can make that work with augmented reality. Right. And then maybe that conversation I had with my grandfather that I was sitting there scanning them, us mm-hmm. with the interaction, I could either play it back or via, uh, via VR and augmentation. I could have a conversation with my grandfather about the moment mm-hmm. that we remembered. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. that memory would be captured. Right. Having that and if you think about it, you know, even if you're doing like 3D archiving, which is actually a pretty interesting topic, um, it, you so you scan these things, you put them up in a you know in a you know in a lift platform, so like kind of like in a you know in a 3D environment, where you can spin it around by fingers, you know, spin it in the air, like how you're talking about VR, but you have it like on a screen, mm-hmm. so everybody can see it. You can zoom in on it, and look yeah. at it, you know. But the thing is, you know, th- most people learn via touch. Mm-hmm. Most people learn by let me touch that, let me investigate that, let me dig in a little bit deeper to that. But most museums don't allow kids to go touchy feely on things. Yeah, they want to zoom in and see. Okay, cool. That's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what that connector was. You know, especially you start you talk about you start talking about spacesuits. You only see so much through glass. 
why can't I, you know, scan a spacesuit and zoom in on it and say, okay, cool, so that's what that connector is. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. That's what was on his patch. And like I said, a lot of a lot of what I've seen, like say, I don't know how much of Adam Savage show you watch, but he's done several uh, spacesuits. Yeah. And he does a lot of his from uh, photographs. Right. Or from uh, screenshots from video. Yeah. So it, imagine how much time he would have been able to save if he was able to exactly. scan mm-hmm. that that suit. You know, I, I don't want to touch it. Or you guys put, make a scan of this and just make it available like NASA makes files and software yeah, available. Yeah, you got a repository yeah. for yeah. a lot of the ships and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have the you know, 3D archiving. I think I'm going to try to press the Parker Solar Probe next. Nice. Yeah, be looking nice. You guys should check out the NASA repository. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, they have Voyager on there too, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. You know, recently. So, you know, I think that will uh, will do us for tonight. Um, you know, we want to say thank you to everybody who's kind of tuned in. You know, listened to us ramble. Um, you know, when you know, we also want to thank. You know, how many? It, it worked. You know, not think, but thank. Every single one of y'all who have taken time, you know, to, to look at us on different platforms and stuff like that, you know, kind of follow along what we're doing. Um, and we hope that, you know, once we get the, uh, the 3D scanner, we can do a lot more with it, a little bit more fun with it, stuff like that. Really kind of experiment with it a little bit more and kind of push it to its, to its limits, you know. That's, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, we want to learn as much as you do. And we want to make sure that you learn as much as we do. Um, you know, we're up to, uh, two, uh, 2230 on total downloads, you know, it was, well, a couple months ago, we were fighting to go to 2000. So, you know, I just want to say thank you again, you know, go take a look at, you know, all the socials, go take a look at, um, you know, printed heritage, uh, Volcano 3D for shirts. We got to get more of those made. And then, you know, a couple other things, you know, that we got going on the blog. Uh, we will be updating our website soon. I'm going to be transferring that over to AWS. So, you know, if that goes down for a second, you know, don't bite me. So, you know, we're working through that. Um, if you are going to be at um, uh, um, Automate this year, uh, let us know. We'll definitely meet up with you, have a conversation. And then uh, there is a chance, depending on how things go, um, myself, one of our other guys will be possibly out at SEMA in uh, November this year for the annual SEMA show, kind of walking around and seeing things. So, you know, I want to say thank you. Um, you know, we appreciate you. And, uh, you know, I'll turn over to the guys. Y'all have a good one. I'd just like to say uh, I appreciate all of the support. Appreciate the listeners. Uh, and we're uh, still open to any suggestions you guys have, uh, uh, topics that you would like us to touch on, or um, we're still trying to figure out the uh, logistics for doing a live feed. Um, maybe you guys have a um, time that works for everyone, or maybe we'll do a couple of different live feeds at different times. But uh, we'd like to get your input on that. And uh, like I said, we appreciate you, your support. Yeah, it's same thing for me, guys. It's always, always, always appreciative um, just being able to, to chat on the platform. Uh, I'll kind of repeat what I said a couple weeks ago. If you haven't checked out any scholarly articles, uh, that's kind of where a lot of the information that 
um, that I'm that I would kind of try to commit to knowledge. It's going it's coming from those articles. I'm not just trying to go on YouTube and or, or Google and, and type in something. Whereas mm. you can do that, you might find some good information. Um, you, you should really supplement that with some of the scholarly articles because then you get to see it from the side of um, you know an engineer scientist who has a much more intimate knowledge of that subject. So. Uh, check out some of those free uh, websites. Uh, look at look at some of our stuff. We might even I mean I, we might even be able to put a link. You might find I don't know if Nick you were posted uh, your your scholarly article. Uh, <laughs> well, it never got actually published because I said it wasn't inside of Romanology. So. Uh, well, but I will post eventually. the um uh, the the PDF document of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. for the digital transformation stuff, looking at um um a couple of our couple of our, a couple of the rocket companies and stuff like that. Yeah. But, and the thing is, is I know that, you know, things will be embargoed, you know, eventually. But, um, you know, we will, I'm going to take you all along on, on the fun ride that is going to be the the dissertation process for yeah. school, you know, coming up soon through the doctoral program. So we bring you along on that. I think I got a couple ideas what I might do for my research. So yeah. the thing is, it might involve some of y'all, you know, listening on what we're doing and stuff like that. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, guys, keep Keep uh, keep on listening. Uh, stay tuned to the podcast, uh, the 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 blog posts. Um, check out the website, everything. Um, and if you've got anything you want us to chat about or any questions, just reach out. So, all right, guys. All right, y'all. Have a good one. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.